Please remain standing and pray with me. Lord Jesus, behold now your family gathered here on earth and join us with our family that is now in your presence in heaven. Lord, thank you that we are one church, the church militant and the church triumphant together. And tonight, the veil between heaven and earth grows very thin. And we feel the presence of our loved ones and our heroes as we worship you tonight. Come, Holy Spirit, and touch the preaching of your word. And through the witness of your saints, grant us courage and joy to face our moment of life here on earth and the trials that we may encounter with the same courage and joy that they faced. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, usually at Christ Church, when I am the preacher, I tend to focus on the ordinary saints who impact our lives for Jesus Christ. I'm always thinking about uh, people like my mama's daddy, uh, Papa. We called him Papa Jack or Papa. He uh, helped lead me to the Lord. He prayed me into heaven. I think about my dad, who is still a living saint. Uh, in my opinion, he's a saint. I don't know what his wife thinks about him, but I think he's a saint. Uh, and I think about the men who led me to Jesus Christ and who mentored me as a new Christian. And, you know, you and I give thanks for those people every Sunday in the prayers of the people. That's why there is that petition in the prayers of the people where we give thanks for those who've lived faithfully to Jesus Christ. It reminds us that we are still one family together, and those ordinary people make a huge difference in our lives. You know, none of us would be Christians without those folks, ordinary followers of Jesus who lived ordinary Christian lives and as a result profoundly influenced the world around them for Christ. And I thank God for those ordinary saints. But uh, about two weeks ago as I was thinking about preaching tonight, uh, that song from the 80s got in my head. And uh, I, I need a hero. Have you heard... Oh, you people from the 80s, do you know what I'm talking about? Who sang that? It was you, Mary? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. But I don't know. I can't remember who was the singer, but I, I need a hero. And as I've been thinking about that song, the reason I was thinking about it is because on this All Saints Day, I think I need to hear, I need to hear about some great heroes of the faith because we are in a time when to live faithfully for Jesus Christ, even in our own very ordinary lives, will require a measure of heroism on our parts. I need to hear stories to inspire me to be faithful when the stakes are high and the cost of discipleship is great. And I think we all do. Uh, we need to hear about Christians who did not respond to the trials, to the injustice or the violence of their day in a worldly way or in a fleshly, carnal way, but in a genuinely spirit-filled, Christ-like way. They were heroes willing to live their lives completely for Jesus Christ. And you know, as we come to All Saints Day, certainly there's doctrine and theology behind this, but let me tell you how this started. It started by people getting together to hear the stories of their saints. We needed to hear about our heroes. 
Maybe somebody from our church that was a hero for Jesus. Maybe somebody in the Christian past that inspires us. We need to get together to hear the story of the saints. Those people who lived completely for Jesus Christ. And originally they began as ordinary believers, but something happened, an occasion arose. The Spirit of God used them. The sovereignty of God chose them for a moment. And as a result, they were a source of God's redemptive, transforming power unleashed on the world. You may remember me telling you about Father Yerje Papiwushko. Maybe some of you can remember that. Because I think he is especially compelling in that regard. He was so compelling, I went out a few years ago and bought a, a DVD, a, a biography of him. And since that time, I've, I've found out a little bit more about Father Yerzy. Yerzy was a, a young pastor who the Polish communist government, government in the early 1980s, this guy at the time, he wasn't even 30 years old, maybe just turned 30, they named him the most dangerous man in Poland. And surprisingly, his preaching ministry was pivotal. And I say surprisingly because Father Yerzy was a young man, he was pale, he was gaunt, and his sermons were not fiery and they were not eloquent. Rather, it was the power of the Holy Spirit that ignited this frail young man's messages so that the Polish people were stirred with such a conviction of the reality of Jesus Christ as Lord and King that they were willing to peacefully overthrow the communist government that oppressed them. Somebody said about him, this is one of the new things I've learned, they said uh, that he was a shepherd that smelled like sheep. What a great thing to say about a pastor, literally. That shepherd smells like his sheep. His theme as he preached was always the same. The follower of Jesus is called to defend the truth and to overcome evil with good. Do not be overcome by evil, but come overcome evil with good. Yet his monthly masses, dedicated to the victims of communist persecution, attracted tens of thousands of Polish people. He never preached revenge or revolution. He preached the power of good to overcome evil. He said, this is one of his quotes, he said that the shedding of Christian blood, the shedding of Christian blood should never be the occasion for the shedding of one drop of the oppressor's blood. I need a hero. He lived this conviction out in his own life. In 1980, martial law was declared in Poland, and troops pulled into the major city centers. Tanks and troops clogged the streets until the entire country was one vast prison. Father Yerge hated the oppression. He hated the occupation as much or more than any of his countrymen, but he fought using God's weapons of overcoming evil with good. So on Christmas Eve, Yerge slogged through the snow handing out Christmas, Christmas cookies to the most despised men in Poland, those soldiers that were in their streets. I would have done it too, but I would say, choke, choke on this cookie. But that was not his approach. They were handed over in love and with a smile and a prayer. 
And even in his death, Yerge was victorious. In 1984, he was kidnapped by the secret police, three men of the secret police. The nation was electrified in churches and even in factories across Poland, people gathered to pray. Steel workers demanded his release, threatening a nationwide strike. 50,000 people gathered outside the church to hear the tape of his last sermon. 50,000 people. And then the blow fell. Yerze's body had been found floating in the Vistula River. He'd been brutally tortured, his eyes and tongue cut out, his face and bones shattered. He was so disfigured that the only way he was identified was that his brother recognized a birthmark on the body. But that hero, that gentle, young, frail pastor had taught his people well. And after the funeral, hundreds of thousands of Poles marched through the streets of Warsaw, right past the headquarters of the secret police, carrying banners that read, we forgive. And you can go today to YouTube and see that. That's what a saint looks like. That's what a hero looks like. You know, I need, I need stories like that because I'm not like that. I need to hear about William Wilberforce, the evangelical statesman in England who ended the slave trade in that country. I need to hear about the Carmelite sisters of Campania who joyfully went to the guillotine singing the Te Deum because they believed their deaths would end the reign of terror sparked by the French Revolution, and they did. I need to hear about the Dutch Christian Corrie Ten Boom, who was sent to a concentration camp, Ravensbrück, because she and her family saved Jews from slaughter by the Nazis. She lived to spend the rest of her life preaching, forgiving others as we have been, forgiving, been forgiven by Jesus Christ. And she had the street cred to do that. You may remember that a few years ago I told you about the 21 Coptic Christians. You've probably heard about that as well. Uh, men who were lined up on the beach in Libya in February of 2015, each with an Islamic killer, dressed in black, standing behind him. And at, at a word, they, were all they all simultaneously had their heads sawn off with large knives. In the days and weeks leading up to their deaths, their ISIS captors tortured them and tried to persuade them to deny their faith in Jesus Christ in exchange for being allowed to live. But what I did not tell you at that time, what I did not tell you about, was that Matthew Ayaerga was not a Christian when he was captured along with those 20 other men. However, just moments before his death, when the ISIS militants demanded he follow Islam, he was, I think, an animist. I don't think he was, he was definitely not a Christian. I think he was a follower of a, of a traditional tribal religion. So when the militant uh, Islamists demanded that he follow Islam, Matthew turned them down. And after, re this is what was recorded, reportedly witnessing the immense faith of the Egyptian believers, he decided to become a follower of Jesus Christ himself. 
And so on, on camera, one of the terrorists asked Matthew, do you reject Christ? And he responded boldly, looking at the chapter, their God is my God. And he became one of the 21 men who laid down their lives for their faith in Christ. He did this because he saw the courage and joy of those 20 other Christian heroes. That they were secure in the truth that if God is for us, who can be against us? Huh. That's what saints make us do. They, we look at them and then we say, her God is my God. His God is my God. I want to be like that person. Paul says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10, that when Christ returns, he will be glorified in his saints. But beloved, what is consummated at the Lord's return has begun even now, and tonight we honor that, that Jesus Christ is glorified in his saints. I'm challenged and chastened by these stories. Maybe you are too. We have to have heroes who are real people we can identify with, who reveal, who reveal and glorify Christ in their lives. Christ is glorified in his saints. Jesus is glorified in these and tens of thousands of other men and women who stood in the light of Christ in the midst of this present darkness. And some of them are right here tonight around this altar. Their images are there as they worship around the heavenly altar even now. These are the ones whose triumph grants us courage and strength to embody Christ's love, courage and strength to embody Christ's love in the face of violence and hatred. They show us what a life lived out of the cross of Jesus looks like and what a life firmly rooted in the victory of his resurrection, looks like. And their witness will help us boldly and faithfully follow Jesus in our own hour of trial so that we too will say in the end, their God is my God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.